Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. How are you all doing? I hope you're doing well. It feels like summer's on its way now. I see I'm recording this probably a few weeks before it comes out, so no doubt... Being UK weather, it's probably peeing down right now, and you're all saying, why is he banging on about summer? But the sun's shining today as I'm recording this intro, and I'm recording this intro uh, for a wonderful podcast. I've just had such a lovely chat uh, with the actor Jennifer Sayeng, and Jen's uh, an absolute delight. Um, Wonderful story, wonderful song choices, and you're in for a real treat. Um, before we do anything else, let's um, do a few thank yous. Um, big thanks to Scroobius Pip uh, and all my friends at the Distraction Pieces Network, which this podcast is very proud to be part of, alongside um, amazing podcasts um, like the Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces, obviously, um, Brett Goldstein's Films to be Buried with, the Mama Mama podcast. Um, there's a podcast called Hardcore Listing, which is worth a listen, promise you. Um, there's loads of podcasts on that um, on that network and they're all to be explored and enjoyed um big thanks to 76 for producing this podcast uh and biggest thanks always go to you lot for continuing as we fast approach 400 episodes you lovely lot have have been behind this podcast since since i launched it a couple of years ago now and uh it got me through lockdown this podcast and uh it was lovely to be able to kind of lock myself away in me me little shed studio type thing at the end of the garden and have these you know, delightful chats with such wonderful, wonderful people. And the messages I've had from you lot um, over the last few years of, 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 you know, really do make a difference. And and thanks so much for supporting Off The Beaten Track. Um, If you'd like to support the podcast in any other way, this is a shameless plug for the Patreon there. Um, I'm sure you probably skip this bit anyway and just get straight on to uh, today's guest. But... um, if you'd like to support the podcast um, in another way, um, you can do it for free over on the socials by just giving us a like, love, a share, a retweet. Um, you can subscribe on, you know, wherever you get your podcast, that helps, or, or leave a review, that's always nice. Um, but if you're feeling generous, but that generous generosity is... Um, you know, in, in return for that, you get lots more content. So I have a Patreon Um and if you're not aware of what that is, then it's basically like a kind of social media feed. And uh, and you, you log into it, and then basically um, I put up all the videos for all these episodes, so you can go and watch uh, the chats. Um, I also put up loads of radio shows. Um, there's loads of episodes on there as well that have never been released to the, the general public. Um, if you, you know, I, I think it costs you, oh, it's ridiculous, like, uh, is it like I think you can even subscribe for just like a dollar a month or that 79p um, but every little penny just kind of goes towards producing this podcast and and the bits and bobs that go in, you know go into the pot to to make this this podcast uh, stay as regular as it does we try and put out two episodes a week uh, for free and then yeah go and get access to hundreds of shows in the back catalogue over on the Patreon go and watch them all um, and support your favourite podcast Um yeah, that was a bit presumptuous, wasn't it? It's your favourite podcast. Support your podcast. Um, yeah, okay. Anyway, right, that's enough waffle from me. Uh, all of that stuff that I've just mentioned, um, if you're going to search around for the socials or the Patreon or anything, you can find it all at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Anyway, let's get on with it. Please enjoy 
today's episode of Off The Beaten Track Podcast with the absolutely delightful Jennifer saying... Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off the Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So, One of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we are recording. Jennifer, how are you doing today? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How are you, Stu? I'm all right. I'm all right. We've we've, we've just had a little natter, and that you said that your good mics in the cupboard, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and normally I take it you're in the cupboard as well, then. Exactly. Yeah, I was saying I can't quite do the zoom like from the cupboard because I'm just in complete darkness, surrounded by duvets and padding. I'll have to show it to you, but um, yeah. That was where I spent lockdown, basically, in the cupboard. That was my next question, because like, I speak to so many like, um, creatives, whether they be musicians, you know, stand-ups, actors, and I'm always fascinated to find how they kind of navigated their way through a couple of years when, basically, the breaks went on pretty much everything. Um, yeah. I know, I, you know several actors kind of had to jump through a lot of hoops to, to be able to still do some projects, but... You you just decided to just kind of hole up in your in your cupboard, <laughs> surrounded by. Yeah, well, I was really lucky. I've got a mate who's um, a producer, and I work with him quite a lot at Channel Four. Um, I'm quite an established voiceover artist, anyway. So when lockdown hit, he was like, "Jen, I think you should get some equipment at home." Um, you know, we don't know how much you'll be able to use it, or you know what this is going to look like in the next year or so. Yeah. Um, but I took his advice and I went for it and I bought my mic and got a little set up. I'm lucky I've got a spare room. So I managed to, as I say, hunker down in this cupboard. And then the work just came thick and fast. I did loads and loads of voiceovers, countless over, well, even now I sort of do 50% from home Yeah. voiceovers. Um, so I was so lucky in lockdown because I just continued to do that. I was lucky to come off the back of a bit of, uh, theatre or a year of theatre actually um, so I was quite ready to have a break from theatre yeah. so for me to be able to can continue to do that knowing that so many people were at a loss without being able yeah, to yeah. do theatre I was I just count myself so unbelievably lucky in that sense so alongside yeah. being able to sort of work um, which is obviously a, a, a welcome distraction from you know being in lockdown, which was which was a very surreal experience. So I'm talking about it like it's gone and forgotten now. I was only in oh, no. I was only in Germany like last week, and uh, and it's still rife. Like it's still, you can't yeah. everything shuts at ten. Like I was really? told that the face mask I took out there was illegal. I have to have this one. It was like oh god, and it oh, felt wow. so long ago that you know yeah. you had to adhere to that sort of stuff. But how did you find just the the, the whole concept of of you know, not being able to do what you normally do, like being stuck indoors. How was that? I mean, I think because I was able to continue working, I was really fortunate, you know. Yeah. I I really missed seeing my friends and family. I didn't we all, I'm sure. But again, I just just so fortunate. I was so lucky not to be too close to anyone who kind of lost their lives yeah. or was really affected by what was going on um yeah I just you know I I was lucky I I didn't I didn't mind being at home so much because I could kind of continue earning an income yeah um yeah so I 
I, I can't complain aside from, you know, the very obvious. Yeah. So you, you said that you still do a lot of you know, 50% of a lot of your current work from home now. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that's really sort of fascinated me, like uh, c- coming out of, of, of lockdown in the UK and, and ha- everything's changed. It was like, podcasting i've never i didn't know what zoom was two years ago jen it was like <laughs> no, i had no to arrange did. a certain time to be in this studio with this person and i live in essex that was like yeah. i've got to get a train into town and i've got to like jump on a tube get to the studio and it was like yeah. for one hour's podcast it would write yeah. the best part of my day off and it's like it must be such a different life for you now it's so bananas and do you know what it's really weird i said to i said to my missus i was like i've always just loved to be able to like be able to work from my laptop that's it and I can work anywhere really? in the world and like and now I've got it I hate it yeah. <laughs> it's really, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm like a really sociable person I really like forgot oh. how much I miss being around people I was like yeah. oh it's overrated in the this flesh, working from home different. yeah yeah totally. I see what you mean that's so funny you're living the dream but you're not living the dream <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's a nightmare it's always that grass is greener isn't it you always, always. Want, like, what you can't have and Always. I think that's it isn't it a bit of a balance mm. of both my other half he works a lot from home now which was never really on the cards before but he is able to go into the office and enjoy the sort of different lunches there on yeah. a random Thursday and so on and also work from home and you know really finish at six on the dot or whatever yeah. if he needs to so balance yeah Absolutely. I think that's been Absolutely. really good in that sense um Okay, uh, I mean, I tell you, he's got a great sense of balance, Chris Rock. Uh, I mean, oh my god! Oh like... my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> now, what can I say about that? I've got a lot to say about that, Steve. Oh, let's let's hear it because we, we, we're recording this uh, the morning after the Oscars, and like so many of us, we turned our social media on this morning. And it was like, oh my god! Yeah. Will Smith has just whacked Chris Rock. Um, Amazing. Then went on to win an award. I mean. I wonder how he must be feeling this morning. Mix, Crazy. Mixed bag, I would have thought. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. What do you make of that yeah. then? I mean, you know I suffer from alopecia. Yeah. Yeah, so just like Jada, I feel like that slap meant a lot for a lot of people yeah. who suffer with that. It probably wasn't quite the right retaliation. <laughs> um but I, I really felt for her, you know, like, I guess I'd be interested to know whether he realises why she has a buzz cut, why she looks like that these days. I'd like to think he does know. But if he does, does he know what level we're on yet? You know, that she can joke about it, let alone in such a public way. So I feel like he was right to be reprimanded in that sense, that he just doesn't know where she's at. Yeah. And dealing with that, having gone through it myself, is not easy. And that is like the most public stage you can get for someone to make a joke like that at your expense. Yeah. You know, it's not a choice for her to look that way, despite looking absolutely phenomenal, yeah. might I say. Um, yeah, I just think you can't you can't really do that you, in such a public way. You don't know where she's at. And by the look on her face when he made the comment, it was not okay. And yeah. So... Yeah, he fought her corner, and I support that fully. Maybe, as I say, not with a slap. But yeah, well, you know, yeah, sometimes just... you, you emotions kind of, you know, hit fever pitch, and and you do what you think's right in that moment. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Bizarrely, it um, happened to be on the biggest stage in the world. Indeed, yeah, absolutely. But hey, for me, that's alopecia awareness right there. You know, yeah. and people be talking about it, and maybe just understanding a different side of this thing because if she had lost her hair for other reasons i don't think he'd be joking about it yeah yeah absolutely Absolutely. so i'm not sure that makes it okay you know Mm. have Um, you have you ever i'm I'm, one of my good friends is gal porter and have you oh no way yeah have you ever watched her documentary she made last year called being gal porter yeah that's uh, yeah yeah a very interesting watch Oh my gosh uh, amazing mm. and i feel like i listened to a podcast recently i don't think she recorded it recently was it Louis Theroux, did she do? She's done Louis, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's done, she's done a really good one with Scroobius Pip as well. That's a really good, oh, really nice. good listen. And, uh, oh, I love that she's your mate. Oh, my gosh, that's like <laughs> two degrees of separation. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Wow. Oh, she's wonderful. She's a super, super lovely lady. Right. Nice. Okay. 
current affairs put to bed. Um, pandemic, <laughs> we've been that off. Right, let's talk records. And I'll tell you Wee. what, before we even talk about any, yeah. when you sent your list over, I looked through yeah. it and I only know one of the tracks, right? No, shut up. Really? I, and I, I like to think I'm a proper music anorak. And I was you like... Are. And then I thought, right, I'm going to put the playlist together for Spotify. And I thought, right, I'll have a – obviously, I can't do my prep. I've literally been dancing all morning. Have you? Yeah. Yes, that's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I don't know. I mean, maybe I was a little bit obscure with my choices. Like, I kind of wanted to go, you know, like somewhere that isn't the obvious, I suppose, yeah. in yeah. places. Yeah. Okay, right, let's kick things off. I love that you've been dancing. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Right, Jed, tell me the song that you think's got the greatest ever intro, please, mate. Well, I went for uh, Mark Antony, Vivir Nevida. I hope you were dancing to that one. I was, but I had never heard it. (laughs) Really? Right, okay, yeah. So I basically discovered that song when I was on holiday in Cuba in 2014. And we would go clubbing. And I don't know if you've ever been, but like a bottle of rum is like pittance. <laughs> it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. So you're absolutely wasted and on the dance floor, literally like as soon as you arrive. And that song was just playing everywhere. And you would just hear the intro. Yeah. And everyone would go nuts. Yeah. And yeah, I love it to this day. And um, yeah, that's it. Wonderful. Are you a dancer, Jen? Uh, well, I used to be. Um, I don't mean professionally. professionally. I mean, oh, like, okay, you cool. like a dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I love a dance. I love a dance. Not so much professionally anymore, but, yeah, I do love mm. a dance now. Absolutely. And that was um, the song that me and my now husband did our first dance to. Oh, wonderful. Wedding. Yeah, and we did a little salsa routine. Well, a bit of, <laughs> you know, self-made salsa. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Right. I'm going to start to uh, start a little uh, session of we're going to regress a little here. And so All right. for track two, Jen, please tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. So this song is by Prince Nico Mbaga. Mbaga? Mbaga. He's a Nigerian artist. Um, and this song... I just remember it from very, very, very early childhood. Sweet Mother, it's called. And um, it just, again, like, takes me back to when I was just tiny and being dragged around these Ghanaian parties with my mum. <laughs> and it would be played everywhere. They would, you know, they'd always be on the dance floor dancing to this song. Yeah. And actually heard it recently um, just in a restaurant, went to this ramen bar in Soho and it just happened to be playing and it just took me straight back. So it was right on the edge of my brain when I was, yeah, yeah, when I was um, thinking about, oh, what is that? Yeah, and it just took me, you know, trying to think of really early memories. Yeah. And this song is one of them. Wonderful. Where was growing up, Jen? Uh, I was born and bred in Epsom, sorry. And... I'm still, I'm, I'm only down the road now in the Croydon, mm. um, see our postcode in Coulston. And yeah, in and around, back and forth to London. I was only sort of half an hour away on the train. So as soon as I could get out and go, I was, I was up to, to town and to like Balham. And I lived in Clapham for a bit with all my housemates and stuff. So all south, south of the river. How- how was um, Epsom like growing up? As, as a- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A youngster. Hmm, good question. Well, I was one of few black people in my school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in my year, there was one other girl and she was mixed race um so it was definitely a predominantly white area but actually quite mixed I had lots of Filipino friends and and they were at school I was at school with them as well and really enjoyed you know hanging out with them and I think that was you know I found sort of solace in that because although they weren't of the same culture they celebrated a different culture and we kind of identified with each other in that way you know it was maybe different to kind of the norm or every everyone else at school um, who was less cultural. Is that, can I say that? Do you know what you, I mean? You, you um, felt you like know, these, these were minority groups at the school. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did, I, I, but I had a great childhood in, in the area. I mean, I think I went to the Brit school as well, actually, which okay. is in Selhurst. And I was never really a crisis of identity, but, when I was, when I did go there, there were definitely people who had grown up in a sort of predominantly black background who didn't really understand me, this black girl, who had quite a posh accent, you know. They didn't quite understand me and where I came from, even though I looked the way I looked. I didn't sound how they looked, typically um, like South Londoners, yeah. I suppose. But was you questioning um, them as much as they were questioning you in your head? I don't, I don't think so, because I think they were a bit closer to the stereotype yeah. of young black people, as I say, in, in Selhurst. Sure. So although it was never an issue for me being in Epsom growing up and I would do it again, it, it, it definitely raised some sort of questions the older I got. I didn't have many black friends until until the Brit school, until even past that when I was working professionally, because I think that we didn't identify in the same way. Yeah. My closest friends were white, but it obviously had nothing to do with their race. It just yeah. was our upbringing and that was that meant that we were similar people. So Okay. Well, do you know Epsom? Not that well, no. No, no. Like, I'm I'm half hour outside of London, but a little bit further around the M25, and it's like okay. I'm always fascinated, Jen, as to why um, like people that live so close to London, and and it was the, the original idea as to why I was going to set this podcast up was it was yes. in, initially called Off the Beat and Track because I'd speak to musicians and artists from Essex, and the the in, or whether they be actors, whatever, the instant thing was like you're going to move to London, and it's like why, right. and it was like and people up, you know, that further north would be like, I'm going to move to Manchester and try and sort of, you know, make it in my band or whatever. And it was like, yeah, why people gravitate to a city where they feel that, like, is there more opportunity there? I don't know. You know, can you not start your own scene, you know, outside of that? I mean, we're only half an hour outside of London, yet yeah, it seems totally. a long way, like, when you look at maybe culture, fashion, you know, scenes, venues, nightlife, you know, it does yeah. feel like that half an hour you know, a lot changes when you get into the city. And, totally, yeah. Uh, well, look, I'm going to stay in the formative years for this one, Jen. I'm going to ask you the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. <laughs> so I picked Hey Ma by Cameron um, because that kind of old R&B sound feels like the soundtrack to my school years. Yeah. 
all these Filipino mates I'm talking about, and I hope they listen to this and they'll know exactly who they are. We used to like meet up after school and make up dances <laughs> to to these tracks, and that was definitely one of them. Um, all of these, they just have such. That's what we love about music, isn't it? They just immediately take you back to yeah. a time and place in your life, or at least that's what it does for me. Um, yeah, there's there's that old school r&b sound and i love the, the feel good of it you know and yeah. i can think back to oh my god that dance move we put in there and yeah cameron Haymar. <laughs> see do you ever like do you subscribe to the concept of a guilty pleasure because for me when people talk about music and go like ah oh, that's a you know it's a guilty pleasure and it's like what's why are you feeling guilty about that you know something that makes you feel good makes you feel good like yeah, whether absolutely. it be something cheesy and oh, it, I, I don't i don't subscribe to that i don't know what your thoughts are yeah, no, I love that. I mean, I, I've there's a time and place for all of it, I think, generally. I'm into vocals, a good beat, a good melody, melody normally. Um, and that doesn't always have to be, you know, R&B. Mm. It's whatever, whenever the moment takes you and, you know, what the soundtrack for that day is. So. Absolutely. No, it's just, just pleasure, isn't it? Yeah. Don't feel guilty about it. Enjoy it. <laughs> did you enjoy school? I did, yeah. I did. I have. A, I've got a really good mate uh, group of mates still. Particularly, in fact, I married my my husband. We went to high school together. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've known him twenty three years or something, and there's still like a quite a big group of us from high school, um, which I loved. Yeah. And so I it just, I just when I think back, it was all camaraderie, and you know, we kind of. We we did the work, we worked hard, but we also had a good time. Yeah. So you said yeah. you went to the Brit school. How old was you when you went there? I went at 16, 16 to 18. And they were the most amazing years of my life. I think, you know, by 16, knowing that I wanted to do something in the arts. And I was a great academic, but I had to work really hard to be good at like maths, as an example. Um, so when I heard that I could do it full time, this theatre dancing, singing thing, that was like music to my ears. And then I, I managed to do that at the Britscon. And then also to be surrounded by all these other kids who wanted to do the same thing full time. And, you know, just, it's like I'd found my people. Yeah. We would, although I was studying musical theatre for, for the time there, I was enjoying those on the music strand and in the art strand and in the straight drama strand. And we'd go and watch each other's shows and stuff. So, yeah, it was amazing. I hope it's still the same today. Do you know I'd be what? Interested to know. My my uh, my youngest is sixteen, and I've I've said this before on on the podcast, but she had a rubbish time at school, and she's at college now. Mm. Yeah, and it, as you just said, you got to sixteen and you found your tribe, and that's when everything changes. That's when like you get to that age and you find you're not th- thrust together in a school with people that you're thrust. You know, you put yourself in in classes, you put yourself in groups of friends then where you have shared interests and that's when you start to kind of trim the fat off a little bit and find your tribe and find those like-minded yeah. people that that you want to go out with outside of college and and, and, and yeah. things like that and I think that's such Absolutely. an important point and I spent years trying to hammer that home to her when she was having a rubbish time at school going don't worry yeah. trust me get through and this and then she found it right. yeah and it's lovely it's lovely Amazing. to see and that's uh, good so yeah you said that um you know, you, you, you did, were you encouraged um, creatively before you got to the Brits at school? Um, I would say so. Yeah, definitely. Actually, um, more by the people who were teaching me at school. Um, my drama teacher, in particular, she was amazing, and I, I was doing drama, really loving it. She knew I could sing. It was a Catholic school, and they used to make me not make me. They used to encourage me mm. <laughs> ask all the time um to like sing in school masses and lead the choir and stuff and I I did it quite willingly um quite enjoyed that so she my drum teacher knew I could sing and that I enjoyed the acting she said oh well you should really start dancing I thought okay yeah quite why not yeah. um and um and in Epsom there's a a big dance school called Lane Theatre Art and again I had a friend that was going there She'd been going since she was sort of three years old. I was about 13 by this point. And 
I ended up going there and doing my after school classes in ballet, jazz, modern uh, at Lanes. And so that put me in good stead. So by the time I got to choosing my options, I was doing PE and dance in PE and then yeah. also drama. It, it was kind of a natural progression to try and do some more of it um, by the time I got to 16. So yeah, and big encouragement from those those teachers, and and never any. I mean, my my mum's a psychiatric nurse, and my dad's a town planner, so they were not stagey or sure. arty people, creatives, but always supportive in what I wanted to do. Yeah. Necessarily understand it, and in fact, till today, <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure they fully understand what I'm doing, but. Um, always supported it so wonderful yeah i was lucky again in that respect okay jen tell me the first song you remember buying from a record store <laughs> um it was king of my castle wham do project is that the song that you know it, do you know what i do know that as well <laughs> so it was, know I, I know the next one uh <laughs> but i do know that of course of course yeah um, um yeah i mean it's a tune right yeah, it's a tune, absolutely. I just remember having like this. It was like a single, and it would, but it had like four different types of the track on it. Mm. Yeah, that was it. I don't know why. I mean, I guess I was obsessed with it at the time. I want to ask you um, about what it's like to get to the Brit School and 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 find yourself amongst so many like-minded people, and 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 then obviously there'd be a lot of performance and. I want to know at 16 how confident you was. Mm, good question. I I think I was pretty confident. Um, because I'd been going to lanes, I suppose, I knew I had some sort of talent. Yeah. Um, and people asked me to sing like at mass and stuff, so my voice must have been kind of good. So that gave me some confidence. When I was at the Brit School, I was branded as the dancer, which is quite interesting because I definitely wasn't, but it just was like compared to the other people who were there. Jessie James in my year, actually, um, for the two years that I was there. So she was clearly a singer, you know, mm. in that kind of, although she was an incredible dancer and stuff as well. I was branded a dancer. Um and I think maybe that gave me some confidence as well, because if I could be at least top of my game in one of these three art forms, singing, dancing or acting, I didn't really mind which, but you know, if people sort of valued that talent and put me on a pedestal in one of those areas, then I'd be, I guess I was quite happy about it. Um, yeah, and I think I seemed to do well. I managed to do get some decent parts to perform and... Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, I was confident. I think also because you have to audition to get in yeah. there. That in itself gives you a some sort of boost because well, you think well, who else had to audition that didn't get in, and I'm one of the lucky few that did. So, and also the people that have been before you, obviously, you know, you must be aware of like how many people that had gone to the Brit School before you that had gone on to do amazing things, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And you're thinking, gosh, well, I'm in this place as well, so yeah. I must be okay <laughs> to some extent um yeah so i guess quite confident um confidence aside um you know that was then this is now you're still working you know you're doing you know in incredible things in a ridiculously difficult industry mm. tell me about your relationship with drive well i think that at every step, that gets tested. So even as far back as, well, take the Brit School as an example, you know, auditioning to get in there. Had I not got in there, maybe I'd have uh, thought about a different career path at that point or a different, you know, I went to the Brit School because I could specialise in theatre and dance, but I could also do my English AS, which I did. <clears throat> and it meant that my um, qualifications, once I finished, 
I could go to university if I really wanted to. So always keeping my options open. But I think because I got a success at that stage, then I think, okay, cool, I'm good for the next level. Yeah. Similar thing once I left the Brit School. Um, and I auditioned for a few drama schools. I got into the one that I wanted to go to. That was a degree course. That's uh, That was my top choice. Um, I mean, there were others that I didn't audition for and maybe I wouldn't have got into, but it didn't matter because this was my top choice. And again, at that point, I was I was afforded a yes. Great, I'm good for the next level, you know, and then so on and so forth. And once I finished doing my three years at London Studio Centre, I managed to get an agent. Great, that's the next level, you know. So I feel like that kind of gave me the drive to succeed getting yeses at those different points um give that's a confidence boost at each of those different points i think um but right now i think it's this carrot of opportunity that is always dangled and i feel like i guess maybe oh you could get an agent is the same thing as oh there's this film that you could be filming or you might be auditioning for and that at the moment I think is what gives me the drive to sort of continue just because there is such a plethora of I want to say opportunity it's out there whether it's going to be uh whether it's going to end up on my path yeah I don't know you know but 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 the work is is out there. There's, there are possibilities. That's the better word, I yeah. think, because you're not always afforded an opportunity. It's not always an opportunity for me to be able to take, but the possibility of it is there. So, yeah, I think that's what keeps you going. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. I'm going to take your clubbing. Track five. Yes, please. Jen, yes, please. <laughs> tell me the song that soundtrack your years in Clubland, please. This is the one that you knew. Uh, no, it's the Is next it? one. Sorry, it's the next one. Next one. Oh, okay, yeah. cool, fine. Um, yeah, because I mean, I know this song. But I was like, I, I need to find. What's it called? Um, Calabria, 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 by Natasha. Um, and it was released in two thousand and eight. And so this is now my years at London Studio Centre. We were living in Camden, Euston, and it was a bit weird because we were clubbing basically only on a like Friday and Saturday night, whereas a lot of other people at normal unis would be like every every night or every yeah. other night <clears throat> in Sheffield and so on. Um, uh, because we were training so hard, we were dancing like nine to five and we were exhausted, but we just, you know, we would force ourselves out and we'd hit the dance floor and this intro would come on and we thought we were it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I think also being like central London, it was crazy because it wasn't cheap to go out at all. Where would you go? You weren't really? going out in Camden then? No, well, we did a bit, Proud Galleries. We Shout loved it Proud. there. But yeah, we loved it there. But um it was like Cafe de Paris mm. and Mavida and I don't know, Funky Buddha were they at the time? And I don't really know why. It's not even that they were necessarily the cool places, but I think we had like our one night a week we were gonna go big and go large and women didn't have to pay to get in right which was nuts it was just like really yeah do you me- I remember there was a time where it was like the men always had to pay like 20 quid or whatever as long as you were with a couple of girls you could go in the girls could go in for free and I don't know so we um used to go there and we would <laughs> one of my mates in particular we would nominate her to like talk to some people and somehow end up on their table and drink their booze instead of having to fight ourselves. <laughs> well, I need to clarify um, here, right? So you didn't pay to get in and then you find yourself a table where you ain't got to pay to buy drinks as well. Shamefully, yeah. But I mean, it was That's central London. Night, what were you going to do? Oh, no, it ain't, it ain't cheap, man, now. <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, we, you know, we were at dance college, so we, we were, like, in the shape of our lives, and, yeah, we just thought we were absolutely it. So, <laughs> and when, yeah, me and the girls... If we went out now, we'd probably get ready to that song. Yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah, love it. I'm going to take you home, Jen, um, for track mm-hmm. six. Uh, favorite song from an artist from your home county, please. Yes. So, Stormzy is from Croydon. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm technically not from Croydon, but my postcode is Croydon uh, CR. I'll let you have CA. it. I'll let you have it. CR. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so I've picked "Blinded by Your Grace" oh, what a by Stormzy. All right, a tune, yeah. yeah. Parts one and two, like it's lovely. Indeed, lovely. yeah. He's amazing. So bit of a softer yeah, side a of him as well. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Excellent, excellent. Have you met him? I haven't. No. Have you? No, no, no. He's done. He's done my mate's podcast, and uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he seems delightful. Like, uh, just seems like a really interesting dude. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Have you met? Have you met any of your uh, your heroes in your 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 sector? No, no. I mean, I'd remember, right? Surely. Have you never been starstruck around <laughs> someone? Oh, I have been starstruck. Come on, give me the goss. I'm trying to think who. <laughs> I mean, because I'm really lucky to work with, you know some famous names mm. or have worked with some famous names so you have to act really cool you can't like be starstruck well but, on um, that then while you have a little thing i'll ask you another question then um what's your relationship like with and i'm and i'm not suggesting you haven't earned your right to be on any set you've ever been on um but i've spoke yeah. to some you know s- s- you know people that have played on stages at wembley stadium they've all kind of gone oh god yeah like do you ever suffer with imposter syndrome? No. <laughs> I don't I feel like I haven't quite got there yet to suffer from that. <laughs> I would like to. It'd be yeah. good to get to that point where I'm going, what am I doing here? But no, I feel like not like you said, I I do feel like I have uh my right to be on those. I know that's not the question you're asking. But generally, I always feel like I'm reaching for more, I yeah. suppose. So where I have been, I go, yeah, this is great. What's the next thing? Sure. Why aren't I there? You know, so yeah. so no. So I look forward to experiencing Yeah, that. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, you don't want that. You don't want the imposter syndrome to get in the way of the drive because, you, you know, I guess if you're just pushing, 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 then, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I think, like, just through doing this and other bits and bobs I've done, you know, I've, I've just had a few moments where it was just like, Wow, this is a bit odd. Like, right, yeah. As this happened, like you must have met and, a few uh, of your heroes then. A, a few, yeah. But, yeah, but I'm just a music really cool. obsessive. But uh, like Chuck D from Public Enemy, it blew my mind. 
It blew really? my fucking socks <laughs> off, Jen. I'm not going to lie. And it was Love like, it. I, I'm 48, I, you know, and, and Public Enemy, when I was 18, they were like game changed everything. It, yeah, and it was yeah, like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I got to chat to Chuck D. And so that was that was mental. That was really surreal. Never thought in a million years that would That's ever true. happen. And uh, So we say never to meet your heroes, right? But you don't. It was fine. He was great. I've met. I've met one of my favourite musicians, which was him. Yeah. Uh, I met my favourite um, actor, aside from you, obviously, Jen, uh, which, which is Maxine Peake. Right, and Maxine Peake was one of the oh, most no delightful human beings I've ever spoke oh, to. Oh, cool. Love uh, that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't subscribe to Don't Meet Your Heroes. Only because I've been lucky that the, the, the people that yeah, I've met like, have always been really uh, lovely. Like, that's what we want. Yeah, yeah, honest, great. Jen, I've done like nearly 400 of these podcasts now. Amazing. And everyone's well, just thank been. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> oh, no, for absolute pleasure. In that lineup, I like... feel really privileged. But everyone's been bloody lovely. You know, yeah, I've never like good. hung up and just thought, oh, that, that wasn't much fun. Like, everyone's. Uh, maybe it's just because I'm <laughs> yeah. chatterbox and like. And I, I, oh, like, maybe it says about... more about you, Stu. Like... Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hang on a minute. You're interviewing me now. Switch it back. Switch it back. <laughs> Can't go into the dark place of my head. Oh, God, we can't have that unfolding on here. That's brilliant. Okay, right, I thought thought of someone. Go for it. Who is one of my heroes? Go on. Idris Elba. I met Idris Elba. Um, I can't remember what year it was, maybe 2011, 2012. I was working in Canada, in Toronto. Six weeks. um, It was a random last-minute theatre job chess we were doing out there and I lived in Toronto for six weeks and on the final night we um were having this party in this bar just around the corner from the theatre and I went I'm single at the time and I remember my mate came over <laughs> my mate Cameron who I've been working with this Australian guy and he's like oh my god there's some really hot guys at the bar oh my god don't look now whatever and I looked ignored him I looked I was like are you kidding me He's like, I know, they're hot, right? (laughs) I was like, Cameron, are you kidding me? Bloody Idris Elba. And someone else whose name I don't know, um, but he was there with a mate drinking in this bar and he had this really funky haircut. He'd been working on some film or show out there. And I was like, I'm absolutely going over. So we ended up going out and having a drink with Idris Elba and his mate. Oh, hang on, hang on. Let's not fast track yet. (laughs) Like, go back, right? right? So Idris Elba, right? Uh, arguably yeah. one of the coolest, most handsome people on the planet, right? He's standing at the bar. Yeah. And so yeah. most people, when they say the word starstruck, just go, oh, my God, I can't go and speak to you. You just think, fuck it, I'm going straight over there. Mate, do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't not. Like, this guy, like, he's there in the bar. And this is just... Actually, having said this, I, I think I do that all the time because... The people that I get starstruck by are those whose talent I admire. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah, completely. So I genuinely want to say, genuinely want to go over and be like, oh, my God, you're amazing. Credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. And given the opportunity, I will do it, basically. So Beautiful. I guess that's what happened. Yeah. And he was just delightful. He was such a laugh. I remember trying to get like photos with him, and he just wouldn't take a photo. He'd pull a face or he'd put his hand in my face. So I've actually got the best photos of him taking an awful photo. Because you've got it, that yeah. moment, right? Yeah. Oh, lovely. Brilliant. Oh, what yeah. a story. So, there we go, yeah. <laughs> How could I forget? Perfect. Um, that, yeah, it was great. Actually, subsequent, subsequently, I then worked with Dominic West. Um, do you know him? Of course. From, from the white, yeah. They would have been, like, his mates. And then I worked with Wendell Pierce. I've worked with, like, who are these random... <laughs> These random chance encounters working yeah. with these people from that iconic show. Oh, wonderful. So, why, yeah. Last track, Gem, and this is when you get to play DJ and Tastemaker, and, uh, yeah. or, or as the kids call it now, Influencer. Um, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear. Yeah. So the song I pick is called Chariot by an artist called Mega. Um, She just has an incredible vocal and the song is just beautiful. Um, And the lyrics are 
really quite uplifting. Again, this was my aisle song. I walked down the aisle to it at my wedding. And I can't, I, we don't actually know how we found this song. Ollie's a music fiend as well. He's my husband. And he will just listen to music randomly throughout the day and then add it to a playlist. Or, you know, hear a song on a film and add it to a playlist. And he did that with this song, but he doesn't remember where it came from. Yeah. Um, but it's just an absolutely gorgeous tune. I don't know. What did you think? I thought it was it? beautiful. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Um, yeah, stunning. Well, what we do, James, we make it easy for people to 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 hear oh. that because we put together a Spotify playlist of all of your song picks. And, uh, gorgeous. And the link to that will be in the show notes of this show. Um, so as we find ourselves steaming into 2022 now, um, with little sign that we're going to be back in any kind of lockdown or anything like that, what are you looking forward to um, personally from the rest of this year and what's going to be happening professionally? Well, I'm currently working on a five-part documentary series for the BBC. BBC One as a voiceover artist. It's a um, it's a snapshot into five different types of religion, um, which is quite interesting. So that's my current for work. I'm hoping to do a bit more screen. We'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to watching Raised by Wolves season two, which comes out on the sixth of April in. The UK on Now TV and Sky Atlantic, yeah. Um, And I'm expecting my first child. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) There's going to be a crazy whirlwind (laughs) towards the end of the summer. And, yeah, that should be really exciting. Oh, what a wonderful thing to look forward to. Oh, that's amazing. Jen, it's been an absolute delight talking records with you, mate. Um, And if people want to keep up to speed with everything you're doing, where's the best place to, to keep up with you, Jen? Probably Instagram at the moment. Cool. Well, if it's all right yeah, with you, that's where I'm posting what I'm doing. When this comes out, I can tag you in it so people can go and yeah, uh, absolutely. follow you. Wonderful. Amazing. Jim, Steve, thanks so much for having me. Absolute pleasure, mate. There you go. Oh, how lovely was Jen? Oh, such a good chat. Um, yeah, go check out Race by Wolves. Um, as mentioned, go give her a follow on the socials. Um, oh, what a lovely way to, to, to be going into 2022 out of lockdown and expecting your first child. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Makes me happy, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think I'm done, as mentioned at the beginning. Give us a like, love, share, retweet on the socials. All that stuff helps. Um, or just nudge your mate. Nudge your mate and like pull one of the headphones out of his ears and go, are you listening off the beaten track? Go check it out. It's well all right. It's this lispy bloke from Essex that, that has these chats with these delightful humans um, about their creative journeys. Go and nudge your mates and tell them. Go on, please. I love you. All right. Um, I'm back next time. In the meantime, be excellent to each other. Um, lots and lots of love. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat & Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. You've made stew with him. Eat him up.